Hello, Hello and welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice Hi, Joe. from Above the Law. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. That's Catherine Rubino from Above the Law. We're here, as usual, to discuss the week's events in law from our perch at Above the Law. Yeah, that's that's where we are. We're above the law. Right. Uh, yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, no, so I was just giving them a rundown of the show. I know that our loyal mm-hmm. listeners know that's how the show operates, but, you know, some people may be here for the first time, so that's why I was doing that. That's fair. I, okay. I feel like you're just trying to surprise me with, with some sort of a sound effect or something. I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm apprehensive and, <laughs> and on the edge of my seat thinking that there's about to be a sound effect in my ear because you wanted to talk maybe about what you did this weekend or, I don't know, some... Measure of I mean, small talk. Sure. Wait, I mean, yeah. I mean, what, what did you do this weekend? <laughs> You're just going to start playing the sound effect as soon as I talk, aren't you? I don't know. Seriously. Wait, <laughs> what did you tell us all what you did this weekend so that we can get that out of the way and then get into the stories? I actually went to <laughs> <laughs> small talk. I really hate you. <laughs> Yeah, how how was your weekend, Joe? <laughs> I don't understand. Like you that were about to talk. talk. That's the beginning of small talk. How was your weekend? How was my weekend? Et cetera, right, and et I I had asked, and then you heard the sound. So uh, what how what'd you do? I actually went to the movies. I went to see the new Spider Man movie. Oh, good. With, you and everybody else, it seems. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a great way to avoid Omicron. Is what I found. <laughs> to go into a movie theater. I yeah. Well, well, I mean, I was at least I was masked. Yeah, I guess something. that's fair. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's a great movie. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I feel like I've been waiting for it for a while. And yeah, I have not been disappointed by seeing a Marvel movie yet this year, all like 75 of them. I don't think there's been 75 this year. I mean, but obviously yeah. there have been 75. I think, it's I very think this clearly... was actually a low, le- a low year in the, in the annals of ones they've done. But it's not yeah. true because they had all the ones from 2020 that they also released, right? I, so that it makes Black it. Wid- that makes it three, doesn't that was it? Black Widow it was Shang Chi. It was the Eternals. Oh, I forgot about Eternals. So did everybody else. Uh, but yeah, no. So okay, and fair Spider-Man. enough. Spider Man. No, okay. And like, so the next for- one's in like two months. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, they they're Gotta, printing they, money down there. Good for them, I suppose. How was your weekend? Did you do anything fun? Well, no. Uh, <laughs> I developed a really painful thing, and I just got back from a uh, hospital for it and everything. Oh, that so, yeah. sounds terrible. Not great, yeah, no, but uh, apparently it's an infection. I need to uh, take some antibiotics it, and everything. Oh, okay. Antibiotics, not like a no, so, viral. Well, no, it, well, and that's the thing. Obviously, in these times, what scares you when you wake up in pain and coughing and whatever is that you have uh, something worse. Mm-hmm. But tests said that was untrue. And what I actually have is, you know, your standard thing that we developed antibiotics to kill years ago. So uh, I'm fair. getting that no, done. I also spent a fair portion of my weekend trying to track down at-home tests for COVID. Well, I mean, it's worth just having at this point. Well, yes, but also, you know, as I am do have holiday plans coming up uh, and I have folks visiting me and, you know, I just felt like it was worth it to know whether or not, you know, going to the movies was a really terrible idea. Right, 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 right. No, I mean, yeah, it, you know, you don't want to run a hoard on them like people did on toilet paper, but it is worth having a, a couple around the house. I wasn't house trying always. to hoard, I was trying to take one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trying to take a test. Uh, but uh, I wound up having to go to multiple different locations trying to track down one test, but you know, 
all all appears to be well, so that's useful. So you got one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Went to like six different places. Got one. Wow. It seems about right. No, it does seem as though, and maybe this is this is dangerous one. I mean, we're now on the border of what, of small talk into like real conversation. Uh, well, our, our life is, is the, is we live in the border of small talk to real conversation. I guess that's, that's like above the laws. That's that should very be meta. like our subheading. So anyway, I was just going to say, it does seem for those folks who are not in New York may not get this, but it does feel as though everybody has COVID right now. I think anybody on TikTok has seen probably those New York. Basically, ever since SantaCon the week before, which is a horrible thing that occasionally happens. It was terrible before we lived in a pandemic. It happens in New York every year. It is a scourge upon the planet. But this year- So my sister lives in Texas, and I I was trying to explain to her why everyone in New York has it, and she had never heard of SantaCon. What a blessed existence. Uh, And I don't know if maybe she just lives like in a suburb somewhere, because I- is it just, it's not just New York. They happen in other big cities too, right? I mean, it's a New York phenomenon. It may have spread to some other cities, but obviously Hoboken has it, has theirs, but like whatever. Right, but well, that's just New York light. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, anyway, I tried to explain to my sister what it was and she was like, so people, do they act like Santa Claus? I was like, no, they just wear like Christmas garb yeah. and drink yeah. and throw up in the streets. Yes. It's and, it's like it's like amateur hour. It reminds me a lot of like St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, amateur drinking day. Yeah, though, though it's bad. Anyway, it it's did a good deal to spread viruses amongst uh, servers, which then got spread around the week after. I know multiple people who are fully vaccinated who are now, including one who's boosted even, mm-hmm. who now are positive. It's it's bad. Mercifully, because they're vaccinated, they're not deathly ill. But, you know, it's, it's, it's it seems to be everywhere right now. Uh, obviously, we talked about Latham had causing an outbreak and then canceling all their parties after. Mm-hmm. Kirkland canceled theirs on like 24-hour notice. Wow. 48, I think, but same diff. Yeah, and it was the right call because right now is it, it we're at least as far as case spread, we're back to where we started. Mercifully... Not nearly as deadly because of vaccines, but yeah. Anyway, cool. Well, on that fairly somber note, we will end the small talk portion of the show. It's a lot. That 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 noise is loud. Yeah, maybe I think we bring it down a bit in post. (laughs) Let's get loud. Okay. Anyway, what what do you have for us to talk about today? You have a bunch of things for us to talk about was the actual thing that happened. Just tell me which one I'm supposed to talk about first. Uh, There's a judge who uh, got disciplined. Oh, she sure did. Uh, Well, she's actually no longer on the bench, Is is, was the resolution of this. Um, This is an Alabama judge, Nikita Blockton, uh, in Jefferson County, Alabama. She was removed from the court after they found that she engaged in a pattern of abuse of her staff, attorneys, and litigants. She did a bunch of things, but the sort of big put it in a headline moment is that she called a judge a fat bitch. She called a different judge an Uncle Tom. Yeah. She called an employee a heifer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not great. Not great, you guys. But she also created different social media aliases to communicate with litigants that were appearing before her. Oh, yep. You're not supposed to do that's that. A, that. I mean, that's like, 
listen, the name calling is obviously terrible and, and, and reason for discipline, but that's, this is a trying to affect the outcome of cases before her over social media. Not great. She also, um, demanded some of her uh, some employees computer login information and asked uh, told or demanded that employees show her their personal telephones so that she could um, monitor any information about the ethics investigation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she also there was just some slowness issues in her court, too, which frankly seem minor compared to some of the, the big things that were that were on the top of the thing. The irony, of course, is that the being slow is probably what got people to actually take action. <laughs> I mean, calling another judge a series of calling multiple different judges, multiple different names probably also got some folks's attention. And yet Lawrence Van Dyke is still on the Ninth Circuit. So, <laughs> well, yeah. There is a difference when you put it in an opinion. There is a sort of veneer, there's a veneer of respectability or that it is part of the judicial process when you put it into an opinion as opposed to gossip after the fact. Yeah. Well, for me, that makes that would seem to make it worse. Perhaps. But, but it's yeah. just there's a distinction, I guess, is what I'm arguing more than anything. Yeah. Well, so that was one of your big stories of the week. So, yeah, well, yeah, people people enjoy Attorney misconduct stories generally, I find, but I think in particular judicial misconduct ones, I think because you have that, you still have that notion of sober as a judge, that the judges should be of a certain decorum. And uh, when when people do not act that way, it gets a lot of attention. Yeah. No, lawyers are supposed to be a little bit more professional. Yeah. And, and, I mean, yeah. that's part of why they went to law school. It is why they went to law school. That is exactly what, they, what I yeah. was thinking. They is went it, there to be, a, they, they went there to be lawyers. You and know, not they a, didn't go there. They didn't go there to be, they accountants. Didn't want to be an although accountant. in fairness, accountants, as far as I can tell, also have a level of professionalism. They're supposed to, I, I think you would be fired as an accountant if you, you did some of this stuff too. That is also true. So maybe this isn't the best analogy, which is why let's hear from our friends from lexicon, right? Wow. Now. Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal services and technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, HR, billing, client intake, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com go to learn more. You got me, friend. Yeah, we will continue that uh, a little bit later, but it will hang over the rest of the conversation that that's coming up. <laughs> Do you want to talk about your other story now? The other big story that I wrote about was the second time that I wrote a similar story, which is often, you know, lots of firms have vaccine man mandates because we live in a pandemic. They're able to as an employer. And, you know, many places have found that it is a prudent course of action. That has resulted in a relatively few, but occasionally folks will quit over the fact that they have to get vaccinated. And sometimes those who quit over vaccine mandates send out really entertaining slash awful uh, farewell emails. So, oh, do they now? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's the West Coast firm Lane Powell and one of their now former partners, David Warner, quit over the vaccine mandate. It was a it was a fun little email. 
saying that, you know, saying that it was his right to make whatever decisions, you probably hate me, going on a bit of a screed about it, then ended the email with uh, some insults towards transgender folk and or non-binary folk and the phrase, let's go, Brandon, which I mean, that, I not feel addressed like, to a person named Brandon at the firm. I feel like if I were Brandon right now, I would, it, like in this cultural moment, I would feel like I was getting so much love and support. You know, would you feel everybody? That way? Everybody seems to have their back these days. In, well, not everyone. A yeah. very, very <laughs> specific folk, group of people have their folk. back. But what got me about this was it, becoming a partner is a fairly big deal. Uh, even uh, obviously, this isn't the biggest firm in the world, but even at small places, it's. I mean, it, I think it, there's over 200 attorneys. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah, it's a career brass ring situation and to give that up simply because you have decided to ignore you know science all of the science yeah. is fascinating to me like the the level of brain break you have to have to say i've decided this is not worth the whatever 600 grand i'd make a year or whatever it would be at a firm of that size i don't know their their people sure sure and and he has opened his own firm Theoretically, it's still working. Who knows how lucrative any of these things are? But, you know, you can lead a, you lead a horse to water, can't get them all to drink. Yeah. And I think that, you know, firms should still be commended for having vaccine mandates and for doing their best to get as many people as possible over that line. But you're still going to have you're still going to have some outliers. And I hope they're just outliers, I guess. Yeah. Well, and th- this is going to be the what's going to carry into the next into the next few months as we come through what it's inevitably going to be mm-hmm. a holiday wave uh we're going to find yeah, out we're already in the middle of it in all reality right we're going to find out who is naughty or nice really on this particular <laughs> it's like question. your elf on the shelf it's like the vaccine in your poutine i don't that's wow i don't know what you did not vaccine? think about this not. first did you yeah it, it showed um <laughs> Yeah, we're going to we're going to find out some issues. I think there's going to be more confrontations like this between yeah. partnerships and and outlier folks. I think there's going to be more associates who get canned over it. It's going to be interesting. And where they all end up is going to be kind of sad, I think, uh, on the back end, but you know, whatever. It is interesting too because uh, we're have we're seeing also a different set of responses to Omicron from different states and, you know, that kind of thing in New York. There is a mandate that if you're not vaccinated, you have to wear uh, a mask indoors and for some or, you know, everyone has to then do it. So there's a lot of firms that are saying, okay, even if we can't, even if we're not going to mandate you wearing a mask, you can't come into the office at all. Right. And that raises concerns that we're going to have a situation where the people who defect from the system are somewhat rewarded for it. Uh, Hopefully that's not how that ends. That's interesting because I think that there's a bit of there's a discussion whether or not it's really rewarding folks, because on the one hand, people like the ability to stay home and working. But particularly in, in big law firms, I think that long term, especially if it's not the kind of firm where everyone is encouraged to spend multiple days a week at home. It's probably a career detriment if you're the only one on the team that can't come into the office. Because, I mean, first of all, you are very much broadcasting at that point. 
that you were unvaccinated. And as I've written multiple times, I question someone's legal reasoning if you can't get your reasoning skills up to par enough to get vaccinated at this point. So I think that it it tells on you. It reflects on you, and, and I think in a real way, and whether or not I'm super comfortable as a partner giving an associate work who I know is unvaccinated, whether or not it's because they're unvaccinated or because they're not in the office, they're not there, they yeah. can't get the good assignments, they're not going to bill as many hours as a result. You know, I think having the ability to stay at home is certainly um, a, a perk that every for everyone really should have at this point, but I'm not sure that they're necessarily being rewarded. That's fair. It can very much become a career detriment, I think, and put them in a bad position like this guy who's now left a partnership and thinking he's going to do a solo thing. But I mean, that's a rough road, Uh, Mm -hmm. although we know a lot of people who can do it. But, you know, if you're not used to it, it could go bad. And then you're looking at yourself, getting yourself a career change, even though you went to law school. Oh, see? Okay. Okay. Even though you went to law school to be a lawyer. Not an accountant. And not an accountant. Right. You may have to get a career change if you screw up like this. But yeah, you went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant. Take advantage of NOTA, no-cost IOLTA management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Enjoy peace of mind with one-click reconciliation, automated transaction alerts, and real-time bank data. Visit trustnota.com legal to learn more. Terms and conditions may apply. And, you know, if he's solo, he may he may very well need Noda so that he can run his solo practice now. There you go. Might not be something he'd have thought of yet because he's relied on so a firm. So you're just giving career advice now at this point to the yeah. unvaccinated. That's fair. This is what we do. We, we're helpful. So we did talk last week about salary raises. We talked about bonuses and compensation, I should say. Indeed. Uh, Indeed. You know what we did not talk about? Salary increases. You know why we didn't talk about that? It happened earlier in the year. Yeah. And did any happen last week? They did not. They did not. They did See, it's not. interesting you say that because so many other legal publications <laughs> said that they did. Yeah, but no, they didn't. It did was they? it was kind of a weird slash fun moment uh, behind the scenes at Above the Law. For those who maybe weren't following, last week Sidley announced their bonuses. Yay. Yeah. Normal, very normal matching of the the market rate. Nothing crazy there. But they also, I believe on page two of the memo, also now noted- I'm going to defend some of, the, the, okay. some of our colleagues in the media on this because we have been at this a while, you and I, and we, we are, work for Above the Law, which is very, very focused and kind of a leader on covering compensation. Correct. Not everyone does that, Mm -hmm. though some people are trying to, like, stay on top of it this year. We've seen some weird things over the years, some weird phrasings. And so when we see them, we kind of know what that means in ways where if you saw it cold, it may not have been as obvious. Let's put it that way. Maybe. But one on page two of the memo, what they noted was that in January that everyone – Basically, what they said is that everyone is going to move up a class here, right? The class of 2020, for instance, makes X and in and, you know, their new salary will be Y, Correct. Uh, which folks read as, oh, those people are getting a raise, which in a sense is true. Right. But when we talk about, oh, big law raises are coming, it's not that an individual salary has gone up. Because the weird thing about big law is that everybody, assuming you're in good standing, everyone gets a promotion every year. Fourth years become fifth years. They get a raise as a result in a very specific prescribed amount. Right. And this was where the 
chart was weird. Because if the chart mm-hmm. was written in the way of saying, first years make X, next year they'll make Y, that would be a what we would consider an a big law raise. Mm-hmm. First years currently make X, next year first years will make Y. But it didn't say that. It said class of 2020 makes X, right. and then class of 2020 will make Y. That's not because of a raise. That's because yeah. the class of 2020 will cease to be their first, the first year group they are now new and become first years. second There's years. now a class of 2021 right. and, roaming and, the halls. And so I understand how when you choose to convey the information this way, which see, they did, see, I, I understand I how people missed it. entirely too... Uh, fair? No, I, no, I think you should be more fair to the, the firms. Tons, tons of firms refer to it that way. I think having printed quite a few of these charts recently, more firms refer to it as class of 2020 versus cl- first years. More firms are more likely to say the class year than, than the year that they are. True for bonuses, for sure. But this is all part of the same bonus memo. I've seen it written the same way in in. in when they rarely, but when there are, you know, overall grid changes, you know, and, and overall raises. But the point is that it should be pretty, I, I thought it was very obvious looking at obviously how we reported it initially was that the, these were not raises. There's just like, oh yeah, of course, everybody in the new year will move up a class year because seasons change, right? Like <laughs> yeah. everyone does this, but a number of uh, folks reported it as, as changes to the compensation grid. There was, I will say, one minor change to the grid. They added ninth years to the grid. Uh-huh. So before that, their grid had only gone up to eighth years at Sidley. Uh, and it wasn't like eighth year, it wasn't like class of 2013 plus where some firms have kind of catch everybody in that same band. It was just only that last class year and everything else was sort of off the grid. Right. And, and this is a phenomenon that some firms have, an off the grid right. phenomenon, which basically as opposed to like the, the classical model is that you work for eight years and then you're either a partner or you aren't and go into some like special counsel or senior attorney of some other job title. And then we started entering a world a few years ago where partnership equity partnership tracks got, a, got longer, pushed out more to like nine, 10 years of slugging it out as an associate. And when that happened, there wasn't a, you know, a concomitant move to let's now have a scale for ninth years and a scale for 10th years. Those folks just kind of became zombie associates that exist in this liminal state between associate and partner where they negotiate more or less separately what their, what their pay is. And they aren't called special counsel and given the, given the, you know, prestige that went along with that or moved to partner, they just live as associate and get paid something, quote, off the grid. Mm-hmm. And that just means it's no longer part of that lockstep. What Sidley appears to have done is created a ninth year that is lockstep, which is nice, but uh, mm-hmm. it's also, you know, take the good with the bad. That is also indicative of the fact that there are now sufficient numbers of people in their ninth year that haven't been moved to partner that uh, are still trying to work there in a in a way where like in a, there was an era where eighth year was all you had to do. Right. But that has just having them putting them on the grid hasn't changed that reality. And I think for the folks that right. are the folks that are in the middle of it, who are in their seventh, eighth, ninth years are well aware of how many folks there still are, you know, in, in at 
that level at the firm. And I, so I don't think it's a big change. Yeah, no, um, I, it, well, it, it's a change to the extent that in the past, it suggests to me that in the past, the firm felt comfortable having a handful of one-offs who they negotiated independent stuff with. They now are saying, no, we have a lot of people in this class and it's deserving of a separate figure. That's all I'm saying. I'm not sure. I don't. I, I'm not sure that that is accurate as much as it. It just says that maybe we anticipate in the near future that folks will be there. And we want to let them know that it's okay. There's a lot That's of stuff been written that there's less traditional paths to big law partnership these days because of the sort of burnout that lots of people are feeling because of the pandemic. That extending you know, the amount of time that you're potentially spending in the associate ranks is not a problem. And in fact, they're comfortable with folks staying. It used to be, you know, up and out. If you don't make partnership, mm-hmm. then you're out of yeah. the firm. And this is perhaps the firm's way of saying, no, it's fine. Yeah, no, you're, I mean, you're fine. That, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. That's but the other fair. thing I was going to say, like how you're being too generous, I think, in your interpretation, the scale still starts at the same number, right? There's still first years who are making 205, whether or not they added something to the back end of it. So the scale remains the same. And I think that it should have been pretty clear from from the jump. Well, no, but if you if you looked at it, you wouldn't know it started there. You would assume it started at the one jump up. Well, no, that, that's but only because only of the way if, it's written. Only if you ever assumed that there was nobody from the class of 2021 worked at the firm, because class of 2021 is not on the memo. Is the issue? Okay. The point, though, is that they well, the, they, actually, if it's not on there, that also proves like what how it it was somewhat misleading how it was written because it makes it seem like everyone is like those are the eight classes as opposed to or nine classes. I will also say sort of as a heads up, I think if any firm is going to increase the overall scale, they're not going to do it on page two of a memo. You would think they wouldn't slow play that. That, yeah. that, is, that is not the moment to, to wait for the river to, to drop your hand. Nice. So let's, uh, well, I mean, I guess it would be to okay, drop your okay, hand, stop, but to, I'm, I, I'm, I see what I'm, you mean you know, to make I, the, gotta, to make the bold move. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, yeah. I understood it. It's probably a whole separate memo. It's probably not page one. Here's your completely market bonus. Yeah. And also here's this crazy thing we're doing. That's, that's probably what they lead with is all I'm saying. Right. I agree. So thanks everybody for listening. You should be subscribed to the show so you get new episodes when they come down. You should be make, giving rate reviews to the show. You should give it stars. You know, do, write some reviews. That shows engagement. That all helps more people find the show. You should be listening to other shows. Catherine's the host of The Jabot. I'm a panelist on the Legal Tech Week Journalist Roundtable. We also have several shows that we are not on on the Legal Talk Network that you can be checking out. You should read Above the Law so you see these and other stories before they uh, make it on to the show. You should be following us on social media. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One, the numeral one. You should be checking out Nota, powered by MT Bank and Lexicon, for sp- who sponsored the show. And I think that's everything. And peace. Yeah, we'll talk next week. <laughs> <laughs>